1: Yay, yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Veterans Minimum MLB Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petraub, here with the one, the only, the big boss man himself,
2: Nick DeVito. Yo, what's going on, Tim? I'm surprised. You know what's funny? Because today is definitely a big Game of Thrones day, but we can't really talk that because I've never watched the show. Yeah, yeah, well... I, like, I feel like typically that's how we'd be kicking off the show, but since I don't watch it, you're going to be talking to a wall if we start talking that. Well, I
1: feel like the uh, as a Mets fan right now, I am Theon Greyjoy because no matter what I do, <laughs> uh, I keep getting, uh, I keep losing, and I keep uh, getting kicked while I'm down. Um, the one of the topics we're going to start off today was should Mickey Calloway get fired? The Mets just got swept by the worst team in baseball by far, the Florida Marlins. Uh, I'm sorry, the Miami Marlins, and uh, they are. Dropping ever so farther down under 500. They are currently at um, five games under 500. They reached 500 right before then. And then as we're signing on, all of a sudden the news breaks. Yoannis Cespedes has suffered an accident at his ranch and he shattered his ankle. Not just broke it shattered his ankle. This, according to um, some big names in the Mets organization, Brody Van Wagner, for example, the GM, um, and is being reported by multiple outlets. Although the facts are not clear about whether it's one ankle or two.
2: Jesus, man. This is amazing. Didn't this dude just have double heel surgery? Like how is he not in a wheelchair right now? He had like, there's no way this dude can be walking.
1: It's, It's kind of it's It's kinda unbelievable, man.
2: What's left of his ankle and down? Does he have any feet or like are they still there or are they amputated? (laughs) Like for real. This dude is how does he run? I feel like he walks on fucking who knows.
1: I mean, you can call him you can call him the new king because the new king game of thrones last night. Spoiler alert. Is actually in a wheelchair, so he'll have to be that. He'll have to come through and be in a wheelchair and save the Dave's going to do it because it looks like Yunesss, but is going to be out for a significant amount of time, as if he isn't already. Man, <laughs> that 2015 half a season where he came through and was legitimately the best player in baseball for half the season
2: it was fun. Well, last and bit.
1: then got himself a nice three-year, seventy-five million dollar contract out of it. That seventy-five million has gone to him getting super fat and some fucking. Some physical therapy. That's the only yeah. thing that the seventy-five million has gone towards.
2: And like probably his ranch that he was working on that he suffered the violent fall from.
1: Yeah, and his sixteen cars and his ranch and whatever the fuck yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Pro- probably fell off the horse because the horse was like, "Yo, you're you're fucking fat guy. Have you seen a picture of you <laughs> yeah. on his SS- sasasaurus lately?"
2: Uh, and nah, I haven't, to be honest. I'm probably funny. in great He's probably, like, yo, get out the fuck off me, heavy fuck.
1: Yeah, for real. Well, nah. I mean, on on a personal note, though, I will always love you on for that 2015 season, and I do hope he gets better, but it just seems like the Mets can knock it out of their own way. But in fact, let's let's segue. Nice professional little whoop whoop segue over onto the Mets. Look, the Mets are on a five-game losing streak. Um, They... Just got swept by the Miami Marlins, as I mentioned. Now they're five games under five hundred, fourth Fourth place in the division, six and a half games out of first place. We saw Behind the first place Nationals, with, which I was looking up some stats today for what we're going to talk about later in the show. And Bryce Harper has the same amount of strikeouts as Joey Gallo, if that's, if that's possible. So, I mean, let's talk about the Mets. Uh, we're going to talk about – but let's – Let's kind of preview what we got going on today. We're going to talk about the Mets. We're talking about Vlad Jr. We also have our quarter awards. That's right. We It is the quarter of the season already. It's hard to believe, but it's already a quarter of the way through the season, and we are here still. Um, and there are some surprises, some not-so-surprises. Either way, we are giving you our awards, our Cy Young Award winners in both leagues, our MVP in both leagues, our Manager of the Year in both leagues, our Rookie of the Year in both leagues. So that's going to be our last segment. Stay tuned for that. But before we get into that, let's continue with this Mets theme. The Mets have underperformed drastically, to say the least. Um, If you're the Mets right now, if you're a Mets brass, you just got swept by the worst team in the league. Uh, You're losing UNSS for a significant amount of time, more than you already thought he'd be gone. Would you fire Mickey Calloway right now if you were in that position?
2: I mean... It's definitely on the table, right? Because going into last offseason, you were gm list, right? You brought in Brody. And ultimately, Mickey Calloway isn't a Brody guy, right? We talked about that on the last NFL show. That the GM usually hires the manager. In this case, uh, Calloway isn't a Brody guy. So I can see it on the table like any day now. It's like a ticking time bomb almost. You get swept by the freaking Miami Marlins. Your job deserves to be on the line. You have... I heard on talk radio that Friday, right? Jacob Degrom pitched Friday, yeah. got shelled. Pitched to Wilson Ramos. Well, they have the your backup Nito or Nito. Nito. He has a .4 ERA when pitching to him, right? So why, when you're in like, in the day and age of stars, and you know, you have to cater to your guy. Like you should be doing whatever Jacob Degrom wants for for himself. If he wants to throw to Nito, like throw to Nito. It like, doesn't matter if Wilson Ramos is out there, or whatever. Like sit that dude. For one freaking day, if it means the ground pitches to a point four, you do whatever you can to make the ground pitch to that high standard. So that's just a head scratcher where he was like, yeah, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Then, you know, the whole Robinson Cano shit it was just like, I mean, I know you saw that. I don't know if this dude knows the rules of baseball about fair and foul and then not running out of double play. So that I feel like is a reflection on the manager. If you're, you know, I mean, it's, there's only so much a manager can do, but if you're not – he's sitting tonight, actually. I don't know if you know that, Tim Cano. He's actually sitting tonight mm-hmm. for, I guess, quote-unquote punishment, but which he should be because you need to put your foot down as a manager, which is nice. I've, I like that move. But you have guys like that now running balls out. You have Todd Frazier who sucks and is fucking playing way too much. Shouldn't even be on the roster, if we're being honest. And just the Mets as a team just underperforming. Cinder guard is underperforming. The pitching staff as a whole is underperforming. We hold the I know you do and, and everyone else should as, as a Cy Young pitcher to a high standard. Um sure he's had some good outings and I know he's had some bad ones. And like I said, they were mostly off rain delays. But he needs to be an ace for them for the Mets to succeed, and he hasn't been that. So I think Brody's job is on the line. They went out and spent a ton of money this offseason. They made that monster trade to get Edwin Diaz here and took on the Cano contract. Cano's sitting like below two fifty. That's can't be happening for a guy who's supposed to be a super superstar. Even at thirty six years old, you have like you have Jed Lowry who hasn't played yet, and it's like, bro, they need to get it together. They need to get to get it together quick. You if, know you uh, hit, Mickey Cow is going to hit, the, you know, keep his job.
1: Yeah, you hit a lot of the points that I was going to make. I think. Mickey Calloway, the, the problem with him as a person who watches every day, you notice the little intricacies, right? And I think one of the intricacies that you're talking about is that like, you have to know who the more comfortable catcher is for your best pitcher, right? You have to know this. You have to be able to make that. Decision. You have to also be able to have consistency in the lineup. It's been days after day after day after day there's no consistency in the lineup that everyone's moving around the order. No one knows when they're playing. No one knows where they're playing. It's a bunch of mixing and matching. And a lot of it doesn't make any sense. He'll play like three bench guys all on the same day. Instead of giving them off days here and there, he's playing guys like Todd Frazier and I, and he's, they're making questionable decisions as an organization too. Like they acquire Noah Fant from Tampa Bay. He was a relief pitcher and now he's the fifth starter. Uh, uh, they need another starter tonight. They call on Drew Gagnon, right? Drew Gagnon hasn't pitched more than 26 pitches in a month. And then six hours before the game, they're like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, we might have to change our pitcher. It's not even known who's starting tonight. So it's like, wh- who has control here? Is there any type of, like, accountability system? Is there any type of person with a plan, person with a end game in mind that is even on in the organization? Is there a plan? Is there a goal? Because if there is, then you need to have someone map it out. And you need to have someone make it happen. And if this is part of the plan, then fine. But it's hard for me to understand how we have three backups, four backups all in on the same day, and Robinson Cano plays after that incident that you talked about, right? It's just it's perplexing. There's no consistency. There's no uh, rhyme or reason. It seems to anything. It's just kind of throwing the pieces at the wall and seeing what you get. And I I, I think I speak for most baseball people when I say that the Mets have a talented enough roster to make a run. Uh, the Mets roster was a roster that was really popular. Uh, amongst the consensus of baseball, you know, writers and pundits everywhere and that was even before Peter Alonso became the Peter Alonso that we see now. So the talent is there. The Mets in April one of the best hitting teams in the league. Switch that around the first 3 weeks of May, they have the lowest ERA but they have one of the worst hitting teams in the league. So although it may look as though they can't get it together, if those two things can come together, all of a sudden you have a team that could make some noise, but you can't do that without the right manager. And we've seen a managerial switch turn on the jets for teams, right? Uh the, the most recent one that comes to my mind uh was the Cardinals. They fired their manager, turned it around. So yeah,
2: Mike Matheny they fired.
1: Right. They fired yeah. they fired Mike Matheny. So I mean these things happen and and honestly, Mickey Calloway, the way he manages the lineup, how he manages the bullpen, um I think it's time for him to go. I think that he's outlasted his stay here a little bit, and I think a lot of Mets fans are feeling the same way.
2: Never forget Mickey Calloway batted out of order last year. I remember watching that game live, and they like the Reds just called time, and like they' stopped the game like, what the hell is going on they're like and then uh Gary Collin just like starts putting two and two together he's like uh well the board says something different than who just batted. I forgot who was batted out of order. I was like, oh my god, like you can't be the serious. How are you I, batting out of order in a fucking major league baseball game? That is the most inexcusable thing I think I've ever seen, like while watching a met game. That's the most that's the metsiest of Mets things I've ever I seen. I know.
1: And I, I think the um i just got an update on my phone that says seth lugo 10 day uh injured list with shoulder (laughs) tendon so that that you know you know if if it piles keep on piling Um, the
2: hits keep on coming
1: but i think that's because of his inexperience in managerial situations like this isn't the nfl you can't go and get a great hitting coach or a great pitching coach that was great at their job and bring them over to do a different job manager is not like if you're a great pitching coach your job is not going to be pitching coach and you're the manager. You have too many things to manage. You are a leader of men. And that's why Terry Collins, I think, was so underrated is because although he wasn't great at making pitching uh, adjustments and he wasn't into analytics, he was a great leader of men. And he always got the most out of his team um, that he could. I don't see that at all Mickey Calloway. I think it's time to go. But we've spent already too much time on the Mets. Let's talk about something positive. Last week, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, the sensation, after sucking in his first week and everyone kind of jumping off the bandwagon already, boss, you were, you're a little guilty of that one yourself. Yeah, I had
2: one foot <laughs> off. I still think I do have one foot off, though.
1: Four home runs this week and one walk. Are you starting to believe in him a little more?
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. He had two home runs in one game in that game in San Francisco. Then he had like a fluke one off the glove in Chicago. Then he had a no-doubt bomb into the left-field bleachers yesterday in Chicago. But, um, yeah, he's coming along definitely. I mean, it's much better than his first week getting on base more. He's already raised his average up to 240, which is nice. But I I just don't think there's enough offense uh, in Toronto right now for him to succeed this year. I mean, he's a great talent. He's going to get his all I think is this year statistically with especially, like I said last episode with all the pressure there is. um, I mean, he hit his fourth home run, like you said, and they're comparing it. Oh, uh, Vlad Sr. took 39 games to hit his fourth home run. Like, everything's a comparison to his pops. And I feel like that shit just weighs on you mentally. So, yeah, it's great. Like, he, I want to see him kill it because he was the top prospect in baseball. But I'm not ready to be like, yo, this dude's the next, like, superstar of the league. He's going to be up there with the Machados, the Bryce Harpers, the Mike Trouts. You know, like, he's, he's, I'm not ready to crown him yet, uh, into that upper echelon, but. He's coming along. He's coming along nice. And No one expects anything of Toronto this year. They're going to suck. That's why I don't think he's going to thrive. A, Tim, I know you talk about this all the time, culture. right? So culture weighs on you, too. If you're not performing and you're not winning, that takes a toll on you. And when you have, like, I mean, Justin Smoke is probably the best bat around you. Who else is there? Freddie Galvis, Lourdes Gurriel, Teoscar Hernandez. There's not much there um, for him to support him. And when it's like that, and you're a superstar, it's tough to get good pitches to hit, and you start chasing pitches out of the strike zone, which we've seen with Bryce Harper over the years. So yeah, I still love Vlad Jr., but I'm still not ready to jump get my second foot back on that bandwagon. One foot is still out the door.
1: One thing that is uh, in a little bit of uh um, in a little bit of the I don't know the good category of him is a lot of people are talking about his strikeouts. His strikeout to home run ratio right now is three to one, um, and that's in the top fourth of the league already. So um, he is striking out a lot, but if he, he keeps hitting home runs at this pace, uh, it'll be worth the strikeout every once in a while. Unlike uh, un- unlike other people, so I, I think that is something that definitely plays in his advantage. And you just gotta love his swing, man. He's got that pure. I know, I know, we're always you know, you know, he's always being compared to his pops, but he got that pure swing, man.
2: I agree. If you check out our Instagram at Veterans Minimum, you'll see the the side by side that we that, you know, it's put together on there. Pretty cool side by side, actually, if you go check that out, because they're nearly identical.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Moving on, today is May 20th. So before we come back uh, to you uh, from where, wherever we're, <laughs> we're recording this from um, we are going to it is going to pass the time where a compensatory pick is a payment and, and you know besides the pay that you're giving these guys for Keichel, uh and all the other guys that are on the free agent list obviously Kimberly and Keuchel are the main headliners of who it will get signed after June 2nd so we will probably be back on the air like June 3rd or June 4th. So we'll be right on that time. Boss, do you think that either of these guys get signed that by the next time we talk on Veterans Minimum MLB show? And if they do, who are the favorites in the clubhouse, in your opinion?
2: I think they 100% get signed. I don't think anyone wants to cough up that draft pick. I don't know if it's about money or term uh, with them. I think it's more so the draft pick than anything. So I think once that June 2nd deadline passes, they'll probably sign shortly thereafter. I'm sure it'll be signed by the next time we air, like you said. Um, but I can see Kimball going back to Boston. They've they've had I, I guess some bullpen struggles right there. Had Brazier closeout games, they've had Barnes closeout games, Workman, like they have they've gone all different sorts of routes. Let me ask you though, it's like if
1: like, if they were gonna go that route though, like wh- why would they wait? It's not like they're giving up a compensatory pick to themselves. That's true.
2: That's true. You know, so
1: I, it, it might be a little bit of a tough fit there because also, you know, Kimberl might be a proud guy. He didn't come up That's in the true. organization. You know, what I mean, I, I it makes sense from a baseball standpoint. But so how
2: about to turn on that? He did come up in the Braves organization.
1: Now, Braves, now you're now you're talking things I don't want to hear, boss.
2: Braves could Braves use a closer as well. I just think like a fit ideally would be in Boston. But you're right. Like that that marriage is probably there's no repairing it, I think, you know in terms of contract negotiations, what they probably offered, if they even did offer anything past the qualifying offer. So ideally, he would go back to Boston in my world. But realistically, Atlanta is probably more of a likely destination for him.
1: What about Keiko? How you feeling about him?
2: Yeah, I think Keiko could be a Yankee.
1: I think That's- that both of these guys go to a team where it's more of a rich-get-richer situation rather than a team on the brink that needs a pitcher like the Mets. Um, going out and getting Keiko I think it'll be more of a Yankees Dodgers Red Sox Astros Twins one of those organizations that are right 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 now are right, sitting in the driver's seat and want to make that extra step I think that's where you're more willing to spend 15 million dollars in the middle of the season you know what I mean
2: right right and the thing for them which is beautiful is they know which teams are competitive by now right, you set out till June 2nd. We're doing our quarterly report today, you quarter way through the season. You can kind of have a feel of, you know, who's real, who's not. So that's also, I guess, a benefactor for them if they really care about winning as much as they do the money or the turn. He would be a great fit with the Yankees. Yo, yeah, he would, man. Like, they, they have injury issues, obviously. It's well-documented, the injury, the guys on the injury list for them. Um, starting with Luis Severino, their A, so anytime you can get, like, a lefty, even though he's not a hard-throwing lefty like Paxton, he's a kind of like a CC Sabathia lefty who he'll pitch the contact. He won't strike many guys out. That plays in Yankee Stadium. If you're a lefty and you're on the Mount of Yankee Stadium, you play Yankee Stadium. So I think it'd just be a good fit. They 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 need depth. They're sorely lacking pitching depth. They're lucky they're getting what they're getting from Domingo Herman, who's pitching like a Cy Young candidate right now through a quarter of the season. Is that sustainable? Probably not realistically, but he – you know. He's a work in progress. Then you have veteran CC, right? Who knows how long he'll last. It's his last season. He's only gone more than five innings a handful of times. Tanaka, you always got to go back to that ticking time bomb of an elbow. And then Paxton, who's on the injury list right now. So a lot of health issues with the rotation. I think Heiko would just be a perfect fit.
1: Uh, Hard to argue with that on that one. Um yeah I, I yeah I I agree with you man I think that it's going to be a uh, a riches get richer kind of situation for sure I don't think it's going to be uh, like if you if you're a team on the brink like if you're the Indians or if you're the Mets or you know the the Braves or you know one of the teams in the in the west like the, the Rockies and you're like ah man we just need to get Keiko on June 2nd I think give up give it up. It's going to be one of the big market big gunners, Houston, LA, Boston, New York. It's going to be one of those teams that makes the run. Speaking of making a run, these guys who are going to come or we're talking about are the keys to their team's run because they are the award winners a quarter way through. That's right, we got the quarter report, people. One of my favorite <laughs> episodes of the year. Every time we do it, no matter what sport we do it for, uh, I love giving out way too early, uh, way too early stuff like this. It's it's, it's amazing. Um, so we're about a quarter of the way through the season. We have MVPs for you. We have Cy Youngs. We have Manager of the Year, and we have Rookie of the Year. Let's start with the Young Cats, boss. Let's start with Rookie of the Year. Let's start in the AL. Boss, who is your Yo. who, who is your AL Rookie of the Year?
2: I got uh, Spencer Turnbull on mm. uh, the Detroit Tigers, starting pitcher. Um Yeah, I mean, he's off to a hot start. He's probably their best pitcher. He's pitching to a 2-4 ERA, a 1-2 whip. I think he walks a little too many people for my liking. Um, but his otherwise his numbers are solid. He has a over nine K per nine, which is nice. He's striking guys out. And he's an older rookie, you know, he's twenty six years old. Finally getting his chance. You know the Tigers, not much is expected of them. So they're giving anyone a chance who's, you know, on the cusp in the minors or anyone who can give them a chance to help. And so far he's off to a good start. He's only two and three, but his ERA is sitting pretty at a two four. And he got shelled last time out, but all of them are unearned. And um, yeah, I mean there's there's in the AL, I'm not sure there's many strong candidates. I mean, the one obvious candidate is the guy we already talked about, Vlad Jr. Right? Like you think this is award? His, his name is written on it already. Um, him, Michael Chavis, you could say from the Red Sox. But I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the pitcher, man. I like what he's doing, and uh, it's early yet. But on a bad Tigers team, he's pitching well. So I'm gonna go Spencer Turnbull.
1: I'm gonna keep it with a winning side, although Spencer Turnbull's a good one. I I got I got a batter. And I got a guy that's hitting in the middle of a team that's 10 games over 500 right now. I'm going Brandon Lowe, raised second baseman. Okay. Uh, 291 uh, batting average, 10 home runs, 27 RBIs, add three steals to that. He's been in the middle of what it seems uh, the whole time. Going back to last year, in only about... Just under 400 plate appearances, he already has 55 career MLB RBI, so he's shown that clutch gene, he's shown the ability to drive in runs. 27 RBI is second only to my NL rookie of the year pick, um, in, in, to- in terms of totals RBIs for rookies in general. So, uh, Zach, uh, Brandon Lowe is definitely my pick. I was gonna say Zach Lowe, Brandon Lowe is my pick, uh, for rookie of the year in the AL. And if we switch it over to the NL, I want to, I want to. You Know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stretch a little bit because I get to you know what's say funny? one good thing. I just
2: want to say, go ahead, I we probably have the same NL guy already, but it's Brendan Lau actually, which is funny. Because Lau, sorry,
1: gonna, my bad.
2: It's spelled low, like that's yeah, like, traditionally low. It's like now nah, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna make things difficult and just be like, yo, my name is Lau
1: Lowry. All right, uh, <laughs> my my guy who goes by Peter, by the way, not Pete, Peter Alonzo, man. How, what could you say about this guy? His clutch gene has been ridiculous. If you look at him and just look at the way he hits the ball, like, I I, I can't really say this in sabermetrics. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, wins above replacement and when FIP and OAHR and AAB, ABWC and YNZ. Well, Peter Alonzo hits the fucking ball like an animal. I, I don't know how to put that in numbers, but he does. Leads all rookies in, with home runs with 14. Leads... All rookies and RBIs with 34, he has been clutch. He has been the cornerstone of a Mets offense who has struggled at times, but doesn't struggle when Pete Alonso hits the ball. Uh, it's been well documented that his most of his home runs have come off of relief pitchers, which means he is heating up as the game goes on rather than slowing down. Um, every monster blast that he hits, uh, he creates more fans in New York City, Peter Alonzo is easily, easily, easily the rookie of the year in the NL for me. Uh boss, do you agree? Uh
2: not so easily because I do like Chris Paddock who they had you're right, like you're right. You know what? My bad, I'm my San bad. Diego.
1: Let me Chris Paddock, if you're listening, my bad you deserve it too. But you know, fuck you.
2: Were you feeling that rivalry? That little you know back and forth.
1: It was cool. I feel like it was uh, it was Paddock just trying to get a little attention and Pete Alonso's kind of like a, a shy kid, so he doesn't he didn't really play along with it, but
2: he's definitely you know. fiery though, like Pete Alonso. Like when he hit that bomb in San Diego the next day after you know, after Paddock kinda shot him down and he came in the next day and hit that go ahead bomb and he was like <laughs> the bat flip with the pine tar stuck to his hand, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. You could that, tell that was a like a great Pete Alonso moment.
1: But at the same time you could tell like bat flipping probably isn't in his nature.
2: Yeah, he's like, oh shit, sorry. Yeah, he's, helped, he's like, like, flip. That.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he has he has that edge, but it's not like Paddock kind of brought it out of him. He Paddock shut him down too. So yeah, shout out to Chris Paddock was having a great season. Anyway, go ahead, uh, boss.
2: Yeah, I have Pete Alonzo as well with Paddock close behind. But um, Pete Alonzo, he's been slow. he's slowed down recently, but when he does hit, he's hitting the long ball. He's continuing to hit the long ball. He just hit another one this weekend in Miami. So. Um, even though he's his average is dipping, which is still at a respectable 260, right? It was it dipped um, from like
1: three, 340, you know what I mean? So it's gonna dip. 260 is where you can expect him to be in his career, nah,
2: yeah, right? Right, because he, he still brings the power. So, yeah, I got I got Pete Alonso for now, like 28 runs, 14 home runs, and 34 RBIs. Like, he's he's the consistent presence in that in that mess lineup where you're looking for answers, right? Because Kanoa struggled big time. Uh, him and I mean, Jeff McNeil has been a beast. Brandon Nimmo has these strikeout issues, so it's like, you know, where it's him, Conforto, and like McNeil, there's not much else, and you pretty much can count on them every night, which is what you want from rookie of the year.
1: And somehow McNeil only plays two out every three nights. <clears throat> this is another reason why Mickey Callaway must be fired. Um, let's go on to I'm gonna keep Cy Young and MVP for last because it's the, you know, the sexy ones. Let's go on to manager of the year. Um Boss, I think me and you are going to have the same manager of the year. Let's go with the AL first. I'll let you start this off because I think we're going to have the same guy here.
2: Aaron Boone? Sir. Yeah, I got Aaron Boone. I mean, it's kind of crazy what he's doing with the Yankees. Um, it's fun, though. It's fun to watch because guys like Gio Urshela, uh, Clint Frazier, right, who was hitting well until he came back from the IL about a couple of weeks ago. Um, who else? I mean, you can name everyone. Luke Voigt has been carrying the team for a bit. LeMay, who has stepped in, that's probably the best offseason signing for this team and contributed every day, which he wasn't expected to do. Um, so yeah, I mean they're doing the most with all these injuries, the injuries to the staff, the injuries to Patantis and the bullpen, who would be he was an all-star setup, man, when he's healthy. So the Yankees have the best record, I think, over the last three or four weeks. Um and as much as I hate Aaron Boone because he never wears a freaking jersey, that's my big gripe with Aaron Boone, yo. If you're part of the team, you got to wear the fucking jersey, bro. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Boone is holding it down somehow, some someway. Um, last year, I was a big critic of him. But this year, he's put it together, and he's got these guys playing at a high level, especially guys like Urshela, who was traded for cash considerations. We picked up Cameron Mabin for cash considerations. All these guys are contributing every day. And performing at a high level. I don't know. It's because if they know if they don't perform, these guys are coming back, Uh, you know, relatively soon. Like, Hicks is already back. Stanton is starting rehab tonight. And then Judge will be back around the All-Star break. So, they know these guys are on their heels. Maybe that's why they're performing with all the pressure. But uh, Aaron Boone's got a magic touch. Whatever he's doing, it keeps working. So, I'm going Boone early, given all the injuries. I mean... You
1: can't. You basically summed up everything. The fact that he has kept this this roster together in a pressure-packed place like New York. Uh, say that three times fast. Pressure-packed place.
2: Pressure-packed place. Um, but sounds yeah. like pleasure-packed instead of like it's total opposite <laughs> of what you want.
1: Ooh, pleasure-packed place. Talking frisky. Come right down. Come right down. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not much else to say besides the fact that he deci- he made it so that in New York City. With all these injuries. And you see what happened with the Mets just across town since 2000 fucking eight. Probably we've been. Yeah, (laughs) we've been getting injured every single year and we can't overcome it. And he has the Yankees doing that. So hats off to him. Another guy, another one of those goats where if you go around the league and even if you ask, um, even if you ask just like the random baseball fan, like that doesn't really know much uh, who Joe Madden is they know who Joe Madden is. And for me, Joe Madden is the manager of the year this year. And it's, again, not because of the X's and O's, not because of the right things that he pressed. And, you know, a lot of, uh, yes, they went on a winning streak, uh, but a lot of that to do with Chris Bryant waking up and some people coming back from injuries. That stuff is not in the manager's favor. What is in the manager's favor is that this team was struggling, and this team was counted out by many, including myself. I called you out, boss. I'm going to call myself out too, Uh, including (laughs) myself. I thought it was over for them. And they refuse to give up, and they refuse to quit, and that is, and like you said, how that attitude and culture is a direct reflection of the manager. Same way in the positive, you know, like he really took this team and said, "Hey, remember who you are. Don't be no fucking fuck boys, and get your shit together, and let's go, Chris Bryant, Sprack. Let's get it." And I think that um, is really. It is really what managing is. And that's really what manager of the year is meant for. So I think that uh, Joe Madden takes my NL manager of the year for the first 15 games.
2: Nice, nice. I'm going to go Clint Hurdle, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they're four games under. They're competing. That division is tight as hell. They, the Cardinals have lost a few now in a row. Um, but to the Pirates, right? Josh Bell has finally hit this power surge. This dude is like six foot nine and should be fucking blasting out home runs at will. He's hit his stride this year, uh, hitting over and 14 home runs, 44 RBIs already, which is up there. Uh, Melky Cabrera is having a monster year, hitting 340 for them. Uh, other than, like I said, Josh Bell, there's really no power source, so he's carrying the load. You have stalling Marte, who's starting to heat up after a slow start and after he came back from the ILs really put it together. And then if you look at their pitching staff, right, they're probably their best pitcher, or he was their best pitcher last year. Jameson Tyone's on the 60-day DL now. Trevor Williams on the DL. And if you look back to last year's deadline, they made a move that now looks like one of the worst moves. Yeah, um,
1: for sure. I'm, I'm already about, in
2: yeah. about like it was six months, in a six-month span, right? They, well. traded for, they traded Chris, for Chris Archer and gave up Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow. Oh,
1: man. It hurts already
2: it does hurt and and but they're still managing to stay afloat despite Archer being the worst pitcher in their rotation and their number 5 starter who they traded for to be their ace. Um they're doing big things and I'm looking at their back end of the bullpen cuz even if they do fall apart, Francisco Liriano has been a revelation for them. Uh he's become their setup man behind Felipe Vasquez and he's he's pitching to a 0.8 ERA. So in 21 appearances. That my friend is what you want come October so If they do fall out of it, hopefully they they can recoup maybe a quarter of what they lost in Glasnow and Meadows um, because they're going to need it. That sets you back a long time trading two top-flight talents like that. But right now, they're hanging in, and they're hanging with the, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers in the division. So I got Clint Hurdle doing a lot with a little.
1: No, no, no bad picks there. Clint Hurdle, he always seems to—he's another guy that always seems to get more out of his team um, than than they're supposed to get, and then he can't get over a hump and he gets fired, kind of like a Terry Collins situation wherever he's been at. So um shout out to clint hurdle for being a really good manager for a really long time uh let's go over to the cy young awards i'm going to start in the al because you mentioned this trade and one of the guys in the trade was taylor uh, tyler glass now and tyler glass now was my pick for uh al cy young in the first quarter of the season look the dude right when you look at him he's intimidating he's six eight and he throws and it comes at you fast and so When you're facing him, he's already intimidating, plus the fact that his stuff is ridiculously nasty. He was completely dominant before he went down uh, on May 11th. He'll be out four to six weeks, but still the Cy Young, in my opinion. 6-1 and with a 1.86 ERA and 55 Ks at the time of his injury. Now, he's fallen really down off the list of league league leaders because he's been injured since May 11th, so nine days have passed uh, where other people have had a chance to – to you know, catch him. That's like two starts for some people. So um, his he's not up there on the leaderboards like he was. But when he was healthy, he was dominating the league. Uh, it, a top ten in K's, top ten in ERA, top ten in in win loss percentage, top ten in WHIP, top ten. In, it, basically, it was just a top ten list with him on it. And um, like you said before, that Chris Archer trade needs to be just seared in the minds of every single Pittsburgh Pirates fan. It's just the worst trade that's maybe ever happened to that entire organization. Um, especially when you see how dominant glass now has been. He is my Cy Young award winner for the first half. Boss, who is your AL Cy Young Award winner for the first yeah. quarter?
2: I got glass now as well. Um, uh, I mean he, his whip is almost sub point nine, so that in itself is ridiculous alone. He has over 10k's per nine. Um, and he's just getting it done. Tampa Bay was in first place. Um right before he went down, they just lost first place. they only half came out to the Yankees, they just lost two out of three. Um, so yeah, he's been the ace of their staff. Maybe it was just the change of scenery that he needed to take, take off. Um, and he's certainly done that from the end of last year until through the start of this year. And I was watching that Yankee game where he kind of pulled himself out, where he called the, he knew right away that something was messed up. Cause he called to the, he pointed to the bench for someone to come out. And I was like, yo, fuck, like, that's never good. If you know, like, you know yourself better than anyone else. So when you're calling someone like, yo, something's fucked up in my arm. Uh, immediate thought obviously these days is Tommy John. So I'm glad he was able to avoid that. But uh, yeah, first quarter, hopefully he doesn't miss a ton of time. I got tired of glass now.
1: Uh, let's move over to the NL uh, in the NL for the Cy Young award. I have a guy who has secretly now he's been injured, but secretly has the best ERA of any pitcher in major league baseball over the last two seasons. If you lower that uh, threshold, for people who don't pitch the minimum amount of innings. Mm-hmm. And that's Dodgers pitcher. Uh, I, you know what? I'm not even going to start, try his first name. Guy, you know uh, what? Ryu. Hunjin Ryu. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure that's how you say it. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to mess it up because I'm scared because I already messed up a game today. Um, the last five starts he's pitched. Listen to this. At least seven innings in each of his last five starts. Posted in .69 ERA in those starts. 36 Ks to one walk overall in the season a six and one record with a 1.52 era the dodgers continue to light the league on fire another team that i was kind of uh a little more down on this year coming into the year kind of thought that the nl powers were going to um fall back a little bit this year boy was i wrong um they the dodgers are right back in first place in that west and Hinjan ryu is a giant reason why
2: Yeah, I've arrived, too. I mean, he's just been a beast. He has a 31 scoreless inning streak, which is something you don't see these days. In in the era where people say the balls are juiced and they fly out of the park at a rate higher than any other in the past, uh, he's finding a way to shut teams down somehow. And, yeah, man, if he's healthy, it's just he's also like a heavy set guy. So, you know, it's trouble. Like, he's got to run the bases. He's got to hit. So there's a lot of other things that he has to do instead of just worrying about pitching, like in the AL. But if he can stay healthy, man, that dude is a force. And like you said, he's been a force the last two years. And if he was at the threshold, people would be talking about him more as maybe like it. Well, they would be talking more as a top-flight pitcher. Because like again, these guys, Ryu at least plays out on the West Coast. So for guys like me and you, Tim, we don't. Really see his starts, right? We see the highlights the next morning when we're drinking our coffee and getting ready to go to work. We see the and
1: highlights. We read the, the we, box for score. me. I read the articles, which is which is right. why I have so much trouble pronouncing names because most of my intake is articles, than <laughs> <laughs> right, like right. box scores and shit, you know.
2: Yeah, and it's a shame because like, yo, this dude is really doing it, I but it's on the west coast and it's tough for the east coasters to catch the stars. We either see his line on the bottom of the on the ticker, or see his highlights in a minute span instead of seeing you know, like two hours of straight domination from Ryu. But, yeah, he's definitely my um, NL Cy Young through the first quarter.
1: He's always had great stuff, too. Like, even even uh, back, he he faced the Mets in the 2015 Divisional Series. Uh, he was he was probably the best pitcher against us of the whole Dodgers squad. Um, you watch his starts uh, as the years go on, and he's always had the good stuff. It's just his ability to stay healthy. So, uh, shout out to him. I hope he does stay healthy because he is currently killing it right now. Let's stay with the Dodgers. I'm going to go switch over to MVP, my MVP uh, for the NL. Let's start with the NL. I mean, can you pick anyone except Cody Bellinger? I mean, this guy, the league leaders list is just basically Cody Bellinger's name over and over and over again. He leads all of baseball in batting average, 405 on base percentage, 485 slugging, 791 OPS, obviously, because it's on base plus slugging Uh, run scored hits. Total bases, RBIs, times reached, base, and he's only second to Yelich in home runs, who Yelich is going crazy with the home runs right now. Um, I mean, there's not much more you could say. His team's in first place. He has them on his, their, his back. He's batting 405, and just to put that into perspective, how hard that is even more than now. The last person to bat 405 was Ted Williams. Um, yes, that's right. Ted Williams, the same guy that missed three years to go fight in World War II. He's the last person to uh, bat 400. So it's been a while. He's batting 400 for the better part of two months of this season. And yesterday, I got a link from ESPN that said, is the 300 hitter a thing of the past?
2: I saw that too.
1: You, you. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's subscribed to baseball on that got that alert on their phone. And he's batting four. Hundred? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like that is something that is beyond even recognition. I, I, I honestly don't know how you could consider anyone else for the NL Cy. I mean MVP. Jabal, are so you in agreement, or do you have someone? Nah, I got Yelich, bro. I got Yellow. Oh, there. I mean, he's the only one that you could tell. But how can right. you say
2: Yelich, bro? It's Yelly or Belly, right? That's what I'm. That's what I'm reading. Yelly or Belly, <laughs> but I mean, I'm going yeah. Yelly. <laughs> uh, like you said, yo, take this dude. I mean, I follow this guy. He writes for CBS Sports, Mike X Season. Shout out to Mike X Season. He puts out good work. Um, he was always on Yellich, like through Miami, so I always kept a close eye on him. And, yo, once this dude was free of that freaking acres and acres of fucking Mar- Marlin Stadium, he's taken off in Milwaukee, right? That That's such a hitter-friendly ballpark, especially for lefties uh, to go out to right field. And he's done just that. Most of his home runs have come at home. Uh, that was a knock on him, right? He wasn't hitting him out outside of Miller Park, but he's done that now of late. Um, his average is slipped, but he's still hitting 325. His OPS is 1.1, which is insane. Um, also, I mean, Belger's up there too, but just to say, like this dude runs the bases too. He has nine stolen bases already. He could be like a 40-30 like a guy, legit, which is another thing you don't see these days. Like 30-30 is elite but if you go 40 30 which is possible right now like bro that's mvp caliber right there and i'm not trying to slight bellinger it's gonna i hope it stays this way through september like this head-to-head battle um because it's fun to watch and like you said that article is just blasphemous of is the 300 hitter dead because both these guys are carrying their offenses right now right stock is struggling uh travis shaw is on the dl and probably gonna lose his job to hugh uh Kesteney aura that top, the top prospect they have. Uh, Lorenzo Cain isn't hitting at a high clip, but he's being he's scoring a ton of runs because Yelich is sitting right behind them. So, with the Brewers' offense, that's kind of an eh. Yelich has been just that shining diamond. So I'm going Yelich.
1: Boss, I went first uh, last time, so why don't you go first on this one? Who's your AL MVP to wrap it up?
2: My AL MVP, I'm gonna go. Uh, Give me one sec. Oh, George Springer. George Springer is my AL MVP. And I'm pissed because he just got hurt um, in Boston over the weekend. Like (laughs) Swinging for the fences. Dude looked like he threw out his back. Looked like me, I feel like, when I play softball and I fucking hit a pop fly. Um, I got scared because I thought it was oblique right away. And as we know, oblique injury is no joke, and that'll silent you for a long time. But apparently it's just a stiff back. Um, but this dude is a leadoff hitter, bro, and he's putting up 42 RBIs. He has 17 dingers, hitting 313 on a team that's absolutely loaded. Correa's back to being Correa. So, bro, they have to pitch to him because if not, Altuve is coming up behind him. Correa, like I said, Bregman is coming up behind him. So there's no way to pitch around this Houston order. And Springer's the first guy up. You don't want to put guys on for those guys behind him. So Springer is going to see pitches to hit, and he's making the most of these opportunities right now. So hopefully he's not out for long. I know Yelich had that tight back early in the season. He missed about a week but avoided the IL. So like I said, if it's not long, regardless, even if it is a week or 10 days, he'll still be all right. I got Springer, man. This dude is raking. And he plays a great center field.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe we've agreed on so many of these. There's so many players that are having great years. I got George Springer, too. Um, Ninth in American League in batting average. First in home runs. First in RBIs. First in slugging percentage. And even more than that, over the last nine games particular that he's played. And, again, you you mentioned that he did get injured. So, this is uh, pre-injury. Springer is 16 for 36 with six home runs and 12 RBIs. And, by the way, the Astros won all nine of those games. He hit the go-ahead two-run home run to cap off that nine-game hitting streak against the Red Sox. So not only has Springer been doing it overall, he's been doing it when his team needs it, and he's and he has a direct correlation with the success of his team. So bada-boom, bada-bing, bada-bing, bada-boom, George Springer, the MVP. You want to run down your list, boss, one more time for the people?
2: Yeah, where do you want to start?
1: Ah, right, go for it. Wild card. You, you choose. <laughs> All right.
2: A.L. Cy Young. Glass now early. Hopefully he can get back from injury. AL MVP, we're going Springer Dingers, George Springer. AL Coach of the Year, we're going Aaron Boone. And my AL Rookie of the Year, who, you know, like I said, probably ticketed for Vlad if he can just, you know, work his way up. But I'm going Spencer Turnbull, quarterly the way through. What do you got for AL, Tim?
1: All right. My AL rundown, Uh, Brandon Lau. Not low, the is the rookie <laughs> of the year. Get uh, low, Ty- low, low. <laughs> Tyler Glass now is my uh AL Cy Young Award winner. Um, in the AL, George Springer is the MVP, and Aaron Boone is the uh manager of the year.
2: Nice, my oh, I got Pete Alonzo or Peter or Petros, whatever you want to go, whatever you want to go by. <laughs> Pete Alonzo, rookie of the year. I got Hyunjun Rao. Or Ryu, oh my God, that name is tough to That name is Ryu, tough. Ryu,
1: yeah.
2: Has <laughs> NL Cy Young, NL MVP. We're going Yelich, and NL Manager of the Year thus far, quarterway through the season, has got to be Clint Hurdle for me for
1: Pittsburgh. The, I mean the the similarities continue between me and Boss Pete Alonso for Rookie of the Year, uh, Hinge and Ryu for the Cy Young. Cody Bellinger is my MVP, and Joe Madden is my, uh, is my. Coach of the year or manager of the year. So that is what you got. This has been the VM MLB podcast. Boss, where can they find you?
2: At veto 27 on Twitter and the grand. You can
1: find me at TimpaTrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Also, don't forget patreon.com slash veterans minimum. You can get extra episodes. You can get uh access to our Discord, which is always popping. Actually, I was I popped in earlier today, and uh everyone's over there just talking about like one guy. Uh, his name. Shout out to Dadcast, my boy. Um, he lost like 50 pounds almost. So it was, yeah, it, it's he's like, killing it. Yeah, it's kind of like a support group. Congratulations to him. So it's not only about sports, although it is definitely also sports debates. Don't don't let that fool you. But uh, it's kind of grown into a little family. So come join our family. Uh, we would love to have you. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/veterans minimum for as little as five dollars a month. Uh, you can gain access to a whole bunch of Great shit, including extra episodes and that Patreon and the the contest and tons and tons more. Go check it out. Again, that's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Uh anything else, boss?
2: Let the kids play.
1: All right, let the kids play. <laughs> With that being said, until next time.
0: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America.